When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, welcome to Full Swing Tonight with Get a Grip and Scratch. I'm Shane Bacon. That is Claire Rogers from Golf.com. Make sure you check out all of Claire's. Uh, Rory McElroy complimented social media stuff at K. Claire <laughs> Rogers. You can also check out the Rogers Report. She posts that weekly on Golf.com. And we've been doing Full Swing episode recaps. This is episode four titled Imposter Syndrome. And, of course, it's focusing a lot on Joel Damon and Claire, we could dive into the episode and talk about the things we liked and, and didn't like and the winners of the episode. But uh, we've we've got the star of the show right The here man himself. On the podcast, Joel Damon, uh, taking time away from being, uh, I guess, three hours of being a single dad to join in us. And he's, he's taking a little bit of time between tournaments as well. This is a day off, and Joel's still taking a little bit of time, so we appreciate it. Joel, how is it being a TV star? How is it now? adding that to the resume um it's a little weird we went to the premiere party at top golf on saturday june and i did and there's like Shaq and serena williams and cool people there and stuff and then there's like us it's like what are we doing here <laughs> they're taking pictures of us um i don't know whether they even know who we were or not but they were just taking pictures of us and be like hey do all this this is fun i'm like what has happened to our life because we or just normal dudes who like to have fun. And all of a sudden, I guess other people kind of want to watch that, which is very interesting to me. Joel, um, you, we started the episode off with you at the waste management in 2022 and the whole Harry Higgs, Joel thing, where you guys took your shirts off. You said, um, then the tour calls you and yells at you because you aren't supposed to take your shirt off on a golf course, which makes sense. How long was the tour conversation and did it cost you any schmacks? Uh, they called us the next day. Um, I was doing John Malinger's charity event. So I had a couple of beers in me. Thankfully it made the conversation go a lot smoother, but said, uh, Hey, you can't do that. Um, you're probably going to get in trouble. I said, okay, but you have to take down all of your social media posts. If that's, if you guys do that, because you guys are plastering, you know, it's all over the place. So you have to take all that down because you can't have it up there, promote it and find me. And they're like, Hmm, that's pretty good one. Well played. And they're like, uh the next day i was on the pack um we had a pack meeting the next day and uh the commissioner monahan gave me a hug and said that was awesome so i figured i wouldn't be in too much trouble at that point a little bit um, of a win yeah exactly and they said uh please uh, in the future when you're talking about it please um sound regrettable and that you won't do it again <laughs> and um i'm very sorry to her i'm terribly sorry for this yes uh, joel have you ever have you i was trying to think about this as as i was revisiting that experience from a year ago um i was thinking about as 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 a male in his 30s how often you take your shirt off and i was like maybe vacation if you're at the pool or the ocean how do you how many people do you think you've ever taken your shirt off in front of before that experience do you think the max was like six eight people yeah i mean it's not something that i really um 
do it's not like a nervous tick for me or something where i stand <laughs> in the corner at like at parties and i'm like instead of like looking at my phone or having a beer i just start taking off my clothes it's not it's not like a thing i do so um a party trick yeah it's not it's not one of those and i i don't have um a particularly amazing body uh nate bergazzi who i met last week said uh, i have a seal body so um kind of baby seal is what he meant yeah yeah totally <laughs> so uh it was it's interesting um but it was one of those things that uh it kind of went away and then this tournament brought it all back because everyone's yelling you to take your shirt off and you're just like i'm such an idiot i should not have done that because i will live with this the rest of my life and on social media claire i know you have a couple of questions for mr damon Yes. First is, did you have any hesitations when Netflix approached you or was it just, all right, so yeah, you did. Will you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I said no originally. Like, why would, no, I'm going to say something really stupid or you're going to follow me around and I'm going to be in trouble and I don't like this idea. And my wife wasn't really into it either. Um, I mean, I put a lot of stuff on social media, like I'm a pretty open person, but it also like, we choose what we put out there really. Um, so yeah, my original answer was no. And then kind of talk I talked to Chad mom a little bit um watched drive to survive a little bit I'm like okay maybe we can do this and then I was like they're probably not even like put me on there hardly um you know with all these big names uh I was like sweet well I'll just kind of like fill this thing out and do whatever and all of a sudden we were in you know neck deep to this whole thing and uh we we just really leaned into it we're like hey we like you guys you guys seem pretty cool you're not gonna make us look dumb so um here's all access to everything and we really kind of dove dove right into it and I think it turned out okay Definitely. And then my second question is, so you read the letter that you and Gino have had. So were you guys in contact between, you know, you guys played whatever when you were 18, 19, and then he became your caddy, however many years later, what was your friendship or communication like it, the time in between and how much time overlapped? Yeah. So, um, yeah, growing up, we didn't keep in touch too much when he was in college. Um, obviously he's doing college things. We would see each other at events and kind of hang out a little bit, but post-college he actually moved to seattle and lived like 20 minutes away from washington where i was in school so we kept in touch there uh he would come over and act like college kids still which was awesome he would drink beer and eat pizza together and play video games that was great and then um actually i when i moved back home after college i actually moved in with him he had a guest room and a bed so i, I camped out in there for like eight months uh, before i moved down to arizona to to be a professional golfer so we were always in contact where lives kept kind of overlapping even though we weren't you know, we're a little different ages. He was married. Um, he had a real job and I was just a goofball. So, but we were always in touch. We always hung out. And um, from when I turned pro, let's see, in the fall of 2010 to when he started caddying would have been the spring of 15, but we kept in touch the entire time and uh, would see each other. You know, he'd come down to Arizona and I'd see him whenever I went back home. So the letter didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> no, that was, yeah, exactly. It was, um, he had this, he had this dream and this idea that we were going to do this and all of a sudden it somehow worked. Joel, I got a couple of questions about the, the actual content of the episode. Um, did you think after 36 holes last year that you could win the U S open? Did you go into the weekend feeling like you could win? Um, I don't know. I don't really remember what I was feeling Saturday. I think it was just like in the mode. I felt like after I got off the golf course Saturday that I could still win the U S open. I think I was three or four back, but I knew it was going to be tough. And if I went out and played a good round of golf, I'd be right there. But I don't remember. I think I was, after the round on Friday, I was like, what is happening? There's cameras <laughs> everywhere. There's people want to talk to me. And then we had all day. I didn't have till 3.30 on Saturday. So it was a long morning and a long, really, afternoon at that point. So I think I just wanted to get going, um, get started. But I, I vividly remember 
getting stretched out on Saturday evening and being like, I can actually win this. And I, and I believe I can. Um, I don't know if I actually believe that on Saturday morning. Um, are you and Gino the closest player caddy duo on tour, uh, at least from what you've seen over the years? Yeah, I know that James and Ryan Palmer have been together for a very long time and they're close friends. But like, I mean, Gino like married us. Like he's our officiant. Like he's stayed at my house this last week and like, yeah, we're super close. I, I mean, it's, I can't imagine anyone else. Like the, the amount of time we spend together, um, you know, the things we talk about and whatever, I think it's, it's way more than golf. I mean, he called you a legitimately called you a boner on the episode, which is when, <laughs> when we get into some of our segments later in this, just Claire and I, uh, that is going to resurface just so you know. So I hope you understand Certainly, that. of course. Yeah, uh, that's, that's fair. It's, um, I mean, I probably was being a boner, but I don't know if, you know, standard, standard operating procedure with Gino. Yeah. In, in, in that relationship, I've seen it first person and it's very interesting. <laughs> I did want to transition to something a little bit more serious, uh, from that, but I just wanted to talk to you about your mom for a second. You know, I mean, you touched on this in the episode and you talked about being lost after you lost your mom, after she passed away. And over those four years, you talked about being a, a leaf in the wind. What were you kind of going through personally and what brought you back to kind of floating to, to kind of back to life? Yeah, I don't, I, I just didn't, I was lost. I was, um, I stopped going to class. Like I was a really, I was a pretty good student. Like school came easy to me. I, I did the work. I was, I liked it. And then um, you know, like it was kind of the same time in your life when you're transitioning to college. Um, I lost my mom in spring of junior year of high school. At that point, all I had was golf really. Um, but I had like, I'm going from a very small town to this huge city in Seattle and big university. Uh, I'm starting to, um, do what 18 year old dudes, you know, we do in college. We start to drink beer and we hang out and you're exploring the world. And, um, I was just, I was lost. I would have been lost. I think just it was a, I went from a big fish in a small pond to a small fish in a huge pond and I was just blind. Yeah. So I was, I didn't go to class. I was probably drinking a little too much. Um, I wouldn't say I was drinking more than any other college kid, but trying to be a division one athlete and going to school was, it wasn't, my priorities were off. Um, and so I was just around and, um, you know, scholarship money ran out and, um, I had a job for a little bit and that money ran out and I was just like, I have to get my life together. I'm 22 years old now. And the only thing I'm good at right now is golf. I don't have a college degree. My work ethic is terrible. Um, it was one of those moments like, man, I, I have an opportunity here and I should really go for that. And then, um, six months, man, maybe a year after that, I was like, okay, this is all science. This is all happening. I should really like step up to the plate here and, and grow up and, at all thankfully worked out in the end but i was a lost puppy there for a while that's for sure so i mean it was you it was it was you basically slapping your own self in the face and going all right let's 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 dial this back in right yeah exactly it was um i was down here in arizona i just moved down here i was playing professional golf kind of i know i wasn't working out like it should have been or you know like guys do now it was just like yeah i was completely screwing up i had a great opportunity I had a great backer to get started in this game and i just wasn't using it and it was like i was looking around i was seeing other people that i was better than but they were having more success and they're moving up to corn ferry and they're doing these things I'm like okay i gotta i gotta step up here and um i just didn't want to look back and have regrets of not giving it my all or, or my best effort all right so uh, a couple more and then we'll let you go joel but I, I was looking at the way you played this season you know kind of the wraparound season in 22 into 23 and you've been playing great golf and it's felt like at least you know, you're one of the two people I have starred on my PGA tour app, you know, like I actually follow your rounds and, and pay attention to what you do. It seemed like every year you've progressed. I mean, obviously getting the win was huge for you. 
Um, do you feel like the confidence, the mindset, the work that you're putting in, do you feel like that's ramped up as well? And do you feel like you're in a different place now in 2023 than maybe you've been in before in terms of the way you approach the game? Yeah, a little bit. I, I feel like I had a letdown after the U.S. Open over the summer. Um, that was kind of like uh, I had a hard time getting up for events after that. It was like you're at this huge moment. And um, I never really recovered. It just was kind of worn out after that and didn't really reset. So had a good reset in this fall, and I played awesome in the fall. Um, really as, as good as I ever have for that that stretch. And then, you know, the offseason hits. I have a kid, and I don't really touch club until Pebble, and all of a sudden it was, like, really rusty right now. But I have the drive um, as much as I ever have to be good. Um, my short game has come around a ton in the last – since the fall. Putting's continually improving. I'm working actively, like, working hard on that. And um, my ball striking is always pretty good. So just try to – you know, maintain that and always improve a little bit here and there, but um, things are, things are moving, but I want to be good. And I don't know, I hate the whole perspective thing, having a kid, all this other jazz, but I'm like, I really, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a little more motivated than like, I, I'm excited to like practice when I get to rib tomorrow. Like that's going to like, I'm like, Oh sweet. I get to work with my putting coach tomorrow and I get to get better. Like that to me <laughs> is exciting. And I have not had that feeling very often. So um, yeah. And honestly, like, I mean, this money is a huge motivator. Like, looking at how much money we have in these elevated events or designated events is massive. And it's like, dude, you just have to play kind of solid and you can make a pile of it. So um, that's a huge motivator as well. All right. Last thing. Um, you now have a child. When you were filming this, you did not have a child. Are you happy right. with your stroller purchase? Did the stroller, is the stroller <laughs> worked out? Uh, should I throw Netflix under the bus on this one or not? Um, uh, well, I mean, this isn't affiliated with them. So sure you can. <laughs> So we go get the stroller. Turns out it was slightly more money than they could pay for without getting whatever by the bosses, by the back end. It's like, hey, we have to get this approved. So we actually left the stroller, <laughs> pulled it back out of the car, and then we bought the stroller before we had a kid. So um, the stroller has worked out nicely, but um, it was on our own. So it's a super nice big bassinet on wheels, basically. So we walked the dog and walked the kid, and um, it's worked out great. Perfect. Joel, thank you very much. Yeah. We really appreciate this. We we will say this is our favorite episode um, because yeah. I think Claire and I both believe it's our favorite episode, but you're the first person that's come on in four episodes. So um, by you doing this couch <laughs> bed media session, I think yes. uh, I think you're you're amplifying what you've done on the on the Netflix show. But it was fun to watch. And uh, we're gonna dive deeper into you and Gino when you get off the phone. Okay, great. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate support and um, I might actually listen to this, see what you guys say about me and Gino. There you go. There you go. Joel Damon, <laughs> star of the episode, Joel, you can, you can sign off. Uh, Claire, you cannot sign off. You have to uh, stay here and chat about um, the episode that was Joel Damon and uh, started out shirtless. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. Um, what happened at the kind of voice management WM a year ago. Um, it was, I, I was kind of reminded at how just in your face, it all happened. I mean, Harry Higgs takes his shirt off. Joel does it. Uh, the logo company I, I co-own with Kate Smith, we made, a, we made a, a, a logo for Joel for the shirt off after all that happened. Uh, I think uh -huh. it was like a, a, an NFT or something they ended up selling. But I mean, it was a big deal. Like this doesn't happen in golf. And what a way to kind of kick off that episode. It was a perfect start to the show. The energy was high. Sorry, we've got a kid screaming his head off. It's okay. It's okay. Uh <laughs> someone who didn't watch this episode um he uh sorry lost my train of thought remind me where we were 
I was just talking oh, about, I mean, yeah, just the, the shirtless introduction to, to Joel Damon. You know, I mean, again, Claire, you got to think about it like this. Let's say 70% of people watching this Netflix series aren't going to know these people like you and I know it. Imagine not knowing anything about a cricket player or a hockey player, and that's the introduction. Yeah, how do you not fall in love with the guy? Exactly, and that was my biggest takeaway from this was <laughs> – that golf fans have gotten the opportunity to fall in love with Harry Higgs, fall in love with Beef Johnson, you know, 2016 PJ. But Joel has not been, you know, in the golf world. We all know him, but I don't think people who don't follow golf would know him. And this gives them the opportunity to fall in love with Joel and Gino, which is awesome from start to finish, the serious stuff and the funny stuff. And I think you, it's a good point you brought up about the Gino side of this, because I think as much as you're falling in love with who Joel Damon is as you're watching this. And this is this is a lengthier episode. I mean, this is longer than episode three, and I believe it was longer than the previous two before that. I mean, mm -hmm. this hits all the notes. I mean, you get emotion, obviously, with the passing of his mother and then him battling his own um, cancer issues, you know, with testicular cancer in your early 20s. Um, you go through the ups and downs of trying to be a pro golfer and ups and downs of confidence. You know, I mean, you you ask, what's the difference in Rory McIlroy and the guy that's 20th in the world? And it comes down to sure, he can hit the ball great. They all can. Sure, he can putt it great. They all can. A lot of this comes down to what's between the years. And what I loved about this episode was you really kind of danced uh, in the mind of Joel Damon and how tough it is to believe in yourself at times. Yeah, my favorite moment was, you know, they cut Rory saying it, to be the best in the world, you have to co have confidence. And then Joel saying, you know, I work hard, but somebody's got to be the 70th best in the world. That is like my favorite quote probably from the whole series so far. It was just so him and so perfect. Uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to spend a decent amount of time around Joel Damon in my years. I consider him a buddy of mine. Um, I can promise you those watching this episode, he is exactly like this off camera. I loved Max saying uh, when he has a few adult beverages in the end of his day is kind of beating in the head of Joel Damon, how good you are at golf. And I think one of my takeaways from the first time I got a chance to play with him, Claire was just that, you know, almost shocked at how good he hit it and how consistent it was and how solid it was. Because when you hear him talk about his own golf game, or even at the time, maybe two, three, four years ago, maybe even five years ago now, when I first played with him, he wasn't a PJ tour winner, right? And he wasn't this guy mm -hmm. that's as consistent. You were a bit surprised at times of how freaking good he is. And it's, and Max went through this as well, right? You know, everybody around you saying you're great. We just need you to believe that as well. And it feels like Joel has struggled with that struggles with it, but he also has a lot of people that are great in his life going, no man, like you can win these big events. Yeah. And I think fans will be surprised by that because you're, you look at him and he doesn't have the, you know, Rory, I guess we all know Rory, but looks like a PJ tour player. And Gino says, he's just your next door, friendly next door neighbor who happens to be really good at right. golf. And that's <laughs> personality wise and looks wise. That's kind of, he just shows up. He's casual. He doesn't have these loud outfits that we're used to players sometimes, you know, throwing something crazy on, on Saturday at a major. He, Claire, he's working out with his wife. I mean, you know, yes. like, like, like you think about Rory in the gym or, you know, Jordan Spieth in the gym or whatever. And it's like their trainers, their nutritionists, yada, yada, yada. And this guy's pushing sleds with his wife <laughs> on the sled. Like, I mean, you can't be any more normal than that. Right. Yeah. He's saying, I don't know what exercise that is, what you're <laughs> describing. And then he's saying, you know, I have to be, I have to charm my trainer so he doesn't make me do all the hard stuff. I just think it's, it's like a middle schooler trying to get out of gym class. It's too perfect.
And uh, and the line from his lone PGA Tour win, and I remember it happening. I remember watching it, but, you know, he said, it's just so freaking hard to win on the PGA Tour. You hear so many people talk about that. And, you know, 2022 for Joel Damon was such a huge year, not just because of this, because obviously, you know, this is going to improve the profile of who he is off the golf course, but just checking some marks, right? I mean, even mm-hmm. watching him go through the journey of sectional qualifying and, like, having a couple drinks in between yeah. rounds and goes back out there and shoots five under and ask his caddy, do you even want to go to the U S open? Like <laughs> these are questions that I feel like you and I might ask each other if we're playing golf and you're just kind of like throwing out whatever thought bubble passes by, yeah. but to hear those thought bubbles between those two characters, cause this was, I would say this was the episode that had the least amount of outside character involvement. Mm-hmm. It was really just Joel, Joel Damon, Gino and the people close to them and their families. Oh, it was, it was great. And then it was such like a married couple moment where Gino's like, yeah, I want to go to the U S open. If you do, of course. Right, (laughs) right, right, right. You want to go to Thai? It's like, "Ah, do you want to go to Thai? Like you're interested in Thai. It sounds great. So um, I called Gino uh, before we got recording. I wanted to ask him a couple of things and we touched a a couple of things with, uh, with Joel when he jumped on, but uh, Gino was telling me he was working as at his assistant pro at Sahali. Um, when Joel was at UW and his dorm was 10 minutes away. So exactly what Joel said, he said, he'd go over there. Uh, they play Mario Kart. They would eat frozen pizzas and uh, Gina would buy beer. Cause Joel wasn't old enough to buy beer. And I asked about the letter. I said, you know, you wrote a letter to Joel, who obviously was one of your good friends. He said they, they weren't best friends, but they were really, really good friends at the time. And uh, I said, was it a funny letter or was it a sincere letter? Because it was one of the more beautiful things I can remember watching in sport, right? Them both opening up the letter and reading it again. The back and forth every other line. Oh, it's beautiful. But um, he said that Joel was the leading money winner on the McKenzie tour um, a few years back and got in. And because he was the leading money winner, he got into the Canadian Open. And he was like two shots off the lead after the first round at the Canadian Open. And Gino said, you know, I, I, he basically told his wife, like, this guy's got it. You know, he's got it. I know he's got it. And I think I could help him. And Gino said his wife was extremely supportive in terms of the decision, but he said he didn't know how to approach it. So he's like, I'll just write a letter and send it his way. And um, just to speak a little bit on the relationship and the emotion, because you saw Joel get choked up when he was asked about Gino. Uh, I asked Gino, I go, have you watched the episode yet? And he said, yeah, he watched the episode. He said, when the producers asked Gino about his relationship with Joel, he said, I, when he said, I love him, Gino started crying. And they, they cut that off. So Gino's crying about Joel and Joel's crying about Gino. <laughs> I mean, it really is like the match made in caddy player heaven, right? It is just amazing. And when you, we were talking to, when you asked uh, Joel, is there any closer player caddy relationship? The only one I could think of is Lee Westwood literally has his wife on the Right, bag. exactly, exactly. But besides that, this is as close as it gets. And it's so cool to see the involvement of a caddy um, especially for, I keep going back to outside fans who don't know golf as well, but just a caddy can have a, as small of a role or as big of a role as they, as the player prefers. And this is, I think as big as it gets. I mean, getting dinner together, staying in houses together. I mean, even 
even a lot of the player caddy relationships you see out on tour that look close or make sense to be close, there is a little bit of separation just simply to kind of keep everybody at arm's length. It's that whole, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're around uh, the person you marry every single day, 18 hours a day, you're going to go crazy, right? If you're yes. around that person, it's important to go have your own alone and personal time. I'm not sure how much alone and personal time Joel and Gino have. A couple of things I wrote down in terms of observation, uh, and I didn't mention this to Joel when we had him on, but I wanted to give him a little bit of love. He had such a professional catch when he was asked about Gino. He said, the greatest, and then he stopped and said, the second greatest human alive besides my wife. I just, you know, these are like, these are things professional wordsmiths do, and he did a great job with that. <laughs> he did. It was little, I mean, but it went a lot, it'll go a long way for sure. So. Um, they, they're they listening to the No Lane Up uh, recap podcast, going to a major. I, I found that um, interesting. I mean, talking about Joel as they're driving to the U.S. Open. Uh, I wonder how many players do that. And then my Ricky update, this episode, he was U.S. Open alternate uh, under his name. No world Ooh. ranking, just alternate. So uh, those were some of the things I noted. Those are all good. Ricky, I'm glad you've got the Ricky watch on because Always. I kind of, I I haven't looked at the graphics as closely, I will say, since episode one. So I'm glad you've got your eye on it. Anything you kind of picked out or noticed before we get to some segments? Just kind of a handful of things. Um, I want to give a shout out to just the White Claw, but we can get into yeah. that more when we get to the segments. But yeah, I've got a lot written down for, you know, things I noticed and stuff. There's like three answers instead of just one. So we can get right into it. Yeah. Same. Uh, I'll start us off with the winner of the episode. I mean, it's Joel and Gino. I mean, I can't really pick one or the other. I just, I think, I think their relationship and also a winner of this episode, I thought was drinking between rounds. I mean, I think, yes. you know, I mean, I think if you're ever on the fence about, should I have a beer to calm the nerves or before I get out on the golf course? I mean, I think, you know, one of the best players in the world answered that question for you it literally got him into the U S open. So we have, we have the answers there. Um, I wrote, is this the greatest love story in golf? That was my, that was my winner of the episode. It kind of left me questioning that it's just, they just, their relationship. And I hope everyone, maybe we can put these in as graphics here, but the photos of them on the green carpet, technically from the Netflix premiere, they're holding hands, they're hugging. It's hilarious. So it's just, they're great. Um, I have another winner, by the way, I wrote this down since you and I said we wrote down a whole bunch. Um, Another winner of this episode is showing people that don't really care about your kids, pictures of your kids. Rory did that (laughs) late in the episode. He showed John Rahm and Morikawa at lunch uh, a photo of his daughter. I do that all the time now. This is like just a parenting thing that happens. You don't even realize you're doing it. As you're doing it, Claire, you understand and realize the person you're showing them don't care and are probably even slightly annoyed. It's just nice that I saw Rory do that as well because, you know, I mean, I showed a guy on a flight the other day a picture of my daughter. So I'm like, I'm like that guy now. And um, it's good to know that Rory McIlroy also that guy. It was also funny to see because Rom kind of gets into it because Rom's a father, but Colin doesn't say anything. He has no kids. He can't relate. He's like, my dog is an Instagram. Do you want to see that? No, he, it was like, he, he liked it. And then he just sat back and just don't have kids. Don't understand. I, I will say this. I don't have a loser. I have no loser for this episode. I same wavelength in all caps, no loser. I enjoyed this from start to finish so much. It was favorite favorite episode favorite to this episode. point. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, golf thing that needs more explanation. Um, qualifying for the U.S. Open, I would say, is probably the thing. Um, you know, it, it. I mean, they touched on it as much as uh, you needed to touch on it for this episode. I didn't think it was massively important, but you know, I mean, these 
qualifying days, a lot of tour players get through. There's a couple of sites where all the tour players go. They normally have 20, 25 spots there. A lot of the other qualifying spots around the country might have two or three spots. So for somebody like Joel, understanding he could go out there and shoot five under, uh, that would not be the case if he was trying to qualify at a smaller place. So um, qualify for the U.S. Open is something, you know, thousands of people do every year, and it's a great day, longest day in golf. And um, it's one of the more special days in really all professional sports, in my opinion, because in theory, anybody could qualify and, uh, and even some of the best in the world have to go do it. Exactly. That was, I love that too. And then just seeing, I hope people understand really how crazy it is that he went from that to then having a chance to win. You have to play such solid golf for so long. Mine was something they could have included, but I'm okay that they didn't. Um, Gino is very like vocal about like where he's staying during these weeks, caddy lodging. And so U.S. Open week, he stayed at a Boston College dorm. And I went to Boston College, so we were talking about it. And he was staying in this dorm, but it was also an orientation week. So there were kids, like incoming freshmen, staying on the same floor as him. And just, he, I remember we were talking and I gave him this uh, recommendation for dinner, which 22-year-olds me loved this taco place. But now I'm looking, I was like, I liked it because I had $25 in my bank account. And he's like, right, Claire, that, right. wasn't that, that wasn't that good. And I was... <laughs> thinking that was like my favorite spot to go to but now it makes sense but I think that would have been hilarious because he shared there's been four twin beds in a room before where I forget was that at Pebble I think a couple years ago yeah 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 the craziness that caddies kind of have to endure to caddy for their guy week in and week out I mean yeah I mean the the whole you know I, I, I love the fact that just dipping into the world of the caddy was a part of this series and I think it was very important to do that and I'm glad they did it also um, just throwing this out there if you don't follow Gino on social media you're doing it wrong follow Gino he's very very funny uh, what's something you learned on this episode Claire two things I had read about Joel's mom um, thing in the Players Tribune I think right after the US Open last right, year right. but um just his willingness to get emotional about it and not apologize for it. I kind of just learned that I like him more than I thought I did. And then um, I learned about his wife. I feel like I keep track of all the player wives and girlfriends and, and she's, you know, private and that's totally fine. But I liked that we got to learn about her and like her. So, yeah, she's like one of the nicest people you'll ever run across in the history of the world. And also I think she has, I think she has like a food Instagram account that yes. does very, very well. So um, sorry, we're not giving the the actual name a shout out, but uh, I'm sure you can find that uh, easier if you just Google it than probably you can if you're trying to write down what we're having to say. Uh, <laughs> I would say, I mean, that thing I learned just more about their relationship. You know, I mean, I like I said, I called Gino, asked him a little bit about more of where they came from and how much they knew about each other coming up. I mean, hearing about Joel being such a great McKinsey player and that being the reason that Gino reached out to him, the letter, um, not a lot of, not a lot of caddies send letters to players asking to work for them, uh, especially as, as thought out as that piece was. So, yeah, I think that's the thing I learned. I knew they were close. I knew they were buddies. I've been out with the both of them at the same time, but to learn a little bit more on why they're so close and why it works so well, um, I thought was special. Um, something you changed your mind on mentioned this with Joel, but I think the term boner as an insult, <laughs> um, I don't use it, never really used mm. it. Seems like yeah. a, one of those words that kind of makes you cringe, but I think as an, as an insult, especially on the golf course, it's a perfect dig when you do something dumb. So anyway, I might, I mean, I'm not going to use it on air, but I might use it more with my buddies. I was going to suggest that you use it on PJ tour live, but I'll take it back. Okay. Um, <laughs> what I learned or changed my mind on is why I love these guys. I previously, you know, I've always liked them, but 
I was just, they were funny. And now I just appreciate, you know, Joel's been through a lot and their relationship is so special and Joel was willing to get emotional in it. So the reason that I like them has changed, but I still like them a lot. Well, I mean, they're, again, this is giving you, I mean, I think the point of this series is to give a peek into who these people are more than what you see on the golf course and in a 30 second interview clip that's floating around on social media. And again, think about, think about Joel throughout the episode, right? We've touched on a few things, you know, working out with his wife, uh, making bacon in the morning. I mean, he considers himself a great breakfast chef, right? Joel, yeah. I think that's on his PGA Tour profile about how good I am at making breakfast and stroller shopping and and what what you wear to stroller shopping, right? It's it's just so casual and it's so relaxing. Yet in that body of his, in that mind of his, is you know one of the top 100 best at his craft in the in the whole world, which right. is wild to think about. And so, again, I I think what this has done so good at so far, four episodes in, is showing that all of these guys are very different. Brooks Kepka is very different than Joel Damon. Ian Poulter mm-hmm. is very different than Jordan Spieth. But it gives a clue into them and their lives and what they go through and why they have to do pretty normal stuff outside of being a, a famous professional golfer. Absolutely. And then what do you think the average golf fan is going to get out of this? I would say that Joel Damon is one of the easiest people to root for in all of sport, no matter the sport. His his story, his journey, his attitude, um, even the self-deprecating nature of what he says about his own golf game. I mean, I'm not talking about golfers here, Claire. I'm saying right. athlete. I mean, I think as yeah. an athlete, yeah. you watch this episode and, and, there, and nine out of 10 people are going to walk away wanting to root for Joel Damon, go watch him on the golf course, uh, see how he does in golf tournaments, maybe favorite him on the PJ Tour app like I do. I, I think I think that this is going to be a big come up for Joel more than anybody else so far in this series. I agree. I think Joel is about to become a lot of people's favorite golfer and people know Brooks, people know, you know, Scotty Scheffler. This is someone that people don't know a lot about and he is about to explode. I think after this and Gino, of course, the both of them will, and people will get a takeaway just how grueling the U S open um, qualifying process is. Yeah. I, uh, I do it every year. It's uh, I I've got through local one time that 36 whole day is, is no joke, especially I was, I was in one of the qualifiers with all the tour guys because it was the only one I could play in. And so, you know, you're, you're looking around and, and all I, I kept thinking about on the driving range was that guy's not in the U S open. Wow. Oh, that guy, that guy's not in the U S open. Wow. That's, that's, kind of, Oh, that guy's not the, you know, it's, you're seeing all these right. tour players in the same thing last year. I'm sure you and I would have gone, Oh, Joel Damon's not in the U S open. That is uh is rather strange. And then he, he, he damn near wins the thing at least right. got himself in contention. So much fun. Oh, I, I love this one. I've watched this Me episode, too. I think three times now, and uh, it just keeps getting better and better. Shout out to Joel, by the way, uh, for taking a bit of time and joining us. Uh, shout out to Gino chatted with him right before he went out on the golf course and he got yelled at for being on his phone. Um, so <laughs> thanks for taking five minutes to talk to us and uh, shout out to you, Claire. Thanks so much uh, for doing this. We'll be back with episode five. This is full swing tonight with get a grip and scratch. Make sure you follow Claire on social media. K Claire Rogers, check out all she does at golf.com. She's doing amazing work. Rory McElroy approved work at golf.com. I think it's Rory's favorite writer now is Claire Rogers. So uh, take crazy. that for what it's worth. I know you're growing, you're, you're blowing up just like Joel Damon. So we'll be back with, uh, with episode five. Thanks so much for listening.